Welcome to the Who's Next Up podcast, the Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast, where we have less stats and more thoughts. I am your host, Kevin G, and I'm here as always with the shaman of fantasy, Jay Smith. Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Kevin. How are you this week? I'm good, man. I'm good. It was a tough week for football players. We had the retirement of Andrew Luck. We had Lamar Miller's ACL tear. We had some stuff like that happen. But before we get into that, Jay, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was long. This whole, uh, this whole last week and a half has been long. A lot of drafts. Friend got married. Uh, a lot of drinking. A lot of recovering. A lot of drinking <laughs> to recover. Uh, it was a good week, though. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Same. Same for me. I went to a friend's wedding as well. Same friend. It was Same a beautiful, friend. beautiful wedding here in Las Vegas. But I'm sure no one's here to hear about that. I'm here to, sure they're here to hear about some football stuff. Let's get into this Andrew Luck retirement thing. As we all know, Andrew Luck retired. That's a thing. It's cool. It is. I'm sure a few of you guys, though, did take Andrew Luck in your initial drafts. I didn't, but in my Dynasty League, I already had Andrew Luck. So I, have, I happen to have um, Philip Rivers on my bench and Carson Wentz. So I'm going to probably be okay. But for some of you guys out there, you're probably not. We're going to talk about a couple guys you could pick up that will help out there. Let's start off with the now starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. I mean, listen, uh, he's been groomed for this. Uh, this is the situation that I'm sure he, I'm sure the situation was a shock to him as well, but he's been ready for this. I mean, he studied under Brady with Belichick and mm-hmm. he's been in Indianapolis with uh, Frank Wright and Andrew Luck and, and he's had good people to learn from. So he's athletic. He's got a good arm. He's got starting experience. Um, the Colts have certainly put weapons around him. The offensive line's better than it was uh, in his previous times uh, starting for Andrew Luck. It, it, it's hard to say with Jacoby Brissett. I, I want to love him right now, and I want to think that he can get the magic going with the Colts and they can be a pretty good team. Their defense is much, much improved. Um, I'm just kind of in a situation where i got to see it. Um, I think he has the opportunity of a lifetime. And, and like I said, he's studied under some good people. Josh McDaniels, I forgot him on the list. Uh, he should be ready for this. We're going to find out. When he filled in for Andrew Luck when he was coming back from those injuries, he looked good. That's why they went and made a trade for him with the New England Patriots when he filled in for Brady during his four-game suspension a couple of years well, ago. It's not like the Colts didn't give up anything to get him, too. I mean, Philip Dorsett was a first-round pick. And yeah. So Philip Dorsett for, for Jacoby Brissett, um, you know, it, they, they had something invested in Philip Dorsett, so they must have seen something that they liked in Jacoby Brissett. Um, if you ask me my opinion of how he's been on the field when he's actually played, I, I think you would have to say he showed potential, but he's never really, I don't, don't want to say wowed people yet, but this is his opportunity. I mean, similar situation to what Aaron Rodgers went through. Um, I would say that Brissett, yeah. Brissett's had a little bit more playing time than what Rodgers really ever got in the regular season. Uh, Favre never really went down with the injury. Um, he's had some playing time behind Andrew Luck, and then obviously he learned with Belichick and Brady and Josh McDaniels. So uh, I look for him to shine. I really do. I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he does good. Um, what? How does it affect everything else yeah, as so far like, as with the For like the Marlon Mack owners, right? Marlon Mar- Mack owners. T.Y. Hilton owners. T.Y. Okay, so Marlon Mack owners. I think they're going to end up being okay. Marlon Mack seemed to have been shown himself to be the guy last year. They didn't go out and sign Le'Veon Bell because he seemed to have believed in Marlon Mack. I know that there was a lot of rumors out there. As a Marlon Mack owner myself, I was concerned last at going into the offseason. But I am I'm not that concerned myself right now because even though Andrew Luck isn't there, my, I, do, I still have Marlon Mack. And I think he's still going to be in every down back. I don't think much changes for him. I think that he needs to obviously work on his relationship with Jacoby Brissett because Brissett, though he may have been taking first-team snaps, he wasn't going to be the guy. He was going to be a backup. That was the plan. So I don't know how their relationship is going to work, but I think they're going to be okay. I do as well. I, the Colts' offense is, has gotten better. They've made additions to that team to, to upgrade on the offensive side of the ball as well as the defensive. But I think more than anything, their offensive line has gotten better. Quentin Nelson is an absolute animal. I mean, there's probably not a better interior lineman in the entire NFL than Quentin Nelson, and he's young. So they've made strides to make the line better, and I think when you make the line better, 
you make the whole offense better. Um, they've added added position players like Ebron a year ago. They brought in Funches in the offseason. They they drafted Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's got four three speed. If they get him healthy and in the slot, um, they've got the weapons around Jacoby and around Marlon Mack. I think that they can be they can be productive. Naheem Hines is going to get some carries. Uh, I think he's he's a guy that's going to catch some passes. Um, but there's they have plenty of weapons to be effective on offense, and their defense is much much improved. So when when your defense is better, I think it helps make your offense better as well. Uh, you get get teams off the field, get more rhythm. Um, it's such a wait and see with the Colts. I, I like the upside of the Colts, and I think they're going to keep their young mentality, even though luck left. And I think that Jacoby can lead these guys, and I think that they're not a, a kickover team this year. I think that the guys that are on there, as far as fantasy goes, I mean, sure, it's hard to sit here and not say that, well, are you going to be as effective without Andrew Luck? I think that that's obvious, but can you still be effective? Jacoby Brissett is the, is the question, and, and I would say yes. I think if they get off to a good start and get some rhythm going, I think that you'll see all these guys, they're, they're, listen, they're professionals. They're Here's good the thing, professionals. Though. Here's the thing, Jay, is that T.Y. Hilton, when Jacoby Brissett played most of those games in 2017 for Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett had his worst numbers since his rookie year. Right. So T.Y. Hilton is someone that I'm concerned about because I don't know of his chemistry with with um, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby. I don't know about his his relationship with him. I don't know how they connect. And I, they're not going to have a bunch of time to get on the same page either because though T.Y. Hilton is now Jacoby Brissett's number one receiver, I don't know where they're at in terms right. of their relationship and, and their connection. Because well, the one Andrew advantage Luck, that Jacoby has going into this situation is that Andrew Luck has been injured all offseason. So for Jacoby Brissett, he's been getting all the first-team reps all offseason long through all the offseason programs, through training camp. He's been getting the reps with the ones. So I think that's an advantage for him because he hasn't been getting the reps with the twos. He's been getting reps against the one defense too. So going into the situation, I don't think that you could ask for him to, to be more prepared. I think he's as prepared as he can be. Now it's just a matter of going and doing it. Um, like I said, we're going to have to wait and see. I, I, I still think the Colts are okay. I wouldn't run away from anybody on their offense. I think when you, Would you move towards, towards Jack Doyle <clears throat> over Eric Ebron? Jack Doyle was there when Jacoby Brissett was leading the team. Eric Ebron wasn't. Now Ebron's there, and I know that Andrew Luck, Ebron was one of his favorite dump-out targets for Andrew Luck. I don't know, though, how that's going to look in terms of Doyle versus Ebron right. when you're drafting. Nobody does. They haven't played together that much yet. Right. You know what I mean? We, we haven't seen that situation unfold. Anybody can speculate on who you think is going to be. Well, I like Eric Ebron. Well, I like Jack Doyle. I think that until you see, which, you know, we're in the preseason week four now before this happens. So, I mean, there, I'm sure there's some tape with what these guys have done with Jacoby Brissett when he's played his first team reps in, in preseason games. But, I mean, until they get on the field, you're not going to be able to determine that. I, I believe that the one thing about Jacoby Brissett over Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck was mobile, but I think Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett plays a little bit different style of mobility where he tries to get outside the pocket more where Andrew Luck would step up in the pocket to get away from right. pass rush. That can benefit some of these fast guys like Ebron and Paris Hilton and T.Y. Hilton, I mean, or Paris Hilton, excuse Paris me, Campbell. Paris Campbell um, and T.Y. Hilton. Um, just kind of how Patrick Mahomes, you know, doesn't look like he's extremely fast, but gets out of the pocket and makes plays. I think right. Jacoby Percet is kind of that same level of speed where he can get outside the pocket, and he's got a good enough arm to keep people honest. So, um, would you I, take Ebron over Doyle Steele? Like a lot I, of people I would, are doing. Yeah, just because you still I, would? I'm, I'm always going to look at the ceiling, and the ceiling on Ebron is higher. Okay, does Marlon Mack move up or down in your rankings when you're looking at? everything that's going on. I don't think he moved at all. I think he's still pretty level. I mean, Andrew Luck was a passing quarterback. And so I think that, you know, maybe Jacoby Brissett doesn't throw the ball as much, which should in turn get more carries for Marlon Mack if they decide to run the ball more. I think, you know, even, like I said, even Naheem Hines can pick up a little bit on the back end of this deal. Um, But no, I think, I think right now until you see anything, I I think Marlon, I'm keeping Marlon Mack right where I had him. Okay. What about T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Hilton, guys that can get open can get open no matter who's throwing them the ball. Yep. And, and so he can still get open. So 
I'm going to play him as a wide receiver one. Um, I don't think he's a high-end wide receiver one. I think he's back into the pack wide receiver one. But, you know, if you start off your team and, and T.Y. Hilton's the best guy that you have available, chances are you probably got two good running backs. So right. you're building around that. True. That's true. But speaking of running backs, Lamar Miller had a terrible, gruesome ACL injury this past weekend as well. That news became secondary news about an hour into it when Andrew Luck retired. Lamar Miller was going pretty high in most leagues because he was a running back that was going to be a three-down back. Two to, um, pass, and sometimes in the passing game, they're going to bring in Duke Johnson. But Lamar Miller was going to be a high-level back. Yes, they have Duke Johnson there. What are you thinking that's going to happen now over there in Houston? Well, I've seen that people have ran to the waiver wire and picked up pretty much anyone that has got a connection to the Houston running back situation right now. Um, Demerit Crockett. Demerit Crockett. Karan Higdon. Buddy Howell. Um, Josh Ferguson. Karan Higdon. Mm-hmm. Um, Duke D- Johnson's Duke still Johnson. there. They could potentially sign somebody. I, I th- Duke Johnson's the only person on that list I would trust. I think it's he's been groomed for this situation. Um, he fought all off season to get traded and he got traded to a place where he still probably wasn't coming in to take Lamar Miller's job, but now the job is his. So I think that this is a situation he's been asking for to kind of be the guy and kind of show what he can do. And so he, to me, he's far and away the best player to own in the Houston backfield. I look at the rest of those guys and it's like predicting the future. Who do you like today? I mean, Buddy Howells looked great in the preseason. Ferguson's been effective with his carries. Um, I just, it's until I see something, I'm going to go with Duke Johnson until something else tells me otherwise. So Duke Johnson, though, he was in Cleveland where he got his way out of that. He was out there with Nick Chubb before that. He had other running backs in front of him. He is now, even though he's in Houston, he is now thrust into the role. You were saying that he has been uh, nipping at the bud to try to get this spot. It's here. I don't, I personally don't know how I feel about it because with Duke Johnson, he hasn't seen to have taken the bull by the horns before. But mind you, you're right. He did not have the situation before they went. But why would Cleveland go and get uh, Nick Chubb? Why would Cleveland go and get Nick Chubb if they thought that he can get the job done? That's what I wonder. You know, he's never been given the situation where he's been given, he's been called the guy and given the starting role. Even in Cleveland throughout his career, he has never one time been the guy. Um, you're right. He has wanted this. He, he, he barked all off season about, uh, wanting traded and wanted out of Cleveland. Um, they signed Kareem hunt, Nick Chubb. He's going to get his chance to show it right now. Um, in Duke Johnson's career, this is probably the time where he'll get the chance to be the lead back in his career. So right. he can either do it or he can't I, he, listen. He can get open. He runs good routes. He's a well-rounded running back. I think everybody's going to say, well, can he take you know, RB one, um, beatings every week, you know, that's a more physical position when you're getting 18 carries and they're asking you to catch, you know, three to seven balls out of the backfield. I mean, you're taking more of a pounding week to week. He's not a big guy, but he's been an effective guy. Um, can he, can he hold up? You know, that's the question. I think that's why everybody that looks behind him and all these other guys are kind of writing him off because they look at it like, well, at some point he's, you know, he's just not, big enough and prove that he can handle the load enough to where you're not going to look at some of these other guys as possible injury, you know, replacements does and being Duke, ahead of the curve on that. Does Duke move up in your rankings in terms of running backs? Are you taking him in like the second round, the third round, if you can, because he is now, you're right. He's going to be the lead back out there. And mind you, Duke was going much later. He used to go much later because he was a pass catching back that came in later. Are you moving up and taking him earlier? Is he moving up? Yes. Am I moving up? No. Um, me personally, I'm not. I'm, I'm staying away from Duke Johnson. Um, but that's just a personal preference on my part. Why don't you like Duke Johnson? I always go with the younger guys. Okay. I mean, I, I, it's just something I've always stuck with, and I continue to do it. I try to get at least one or two young guys on my team every single year and hope that they either – play their way into a situation or the situation presents itself, whether via injury or somebody moves on through free agency. I wouldn't even trade for Duke Johnson myself. 
because though he's now the guy, he's a little older. He's been there for. He's. I don't think he's proven anything personally. That's just me. Yeah, well, Duke he's proven that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, Duke Johnson can make yeah. catches and he can get those those downs and those. He can get you those yards and those. Well, and here's and so, like in a PPR too, though, league, I mean, yes, that's great. Sure. But how long is he going to be doing that? Are they going to bring in a guy like Jay, Jay Ajayi? But if you're looking at just strictly fantasy value, I mean, look at the role that they brought him in here to do. He got brought in to be um, the pass catching the back. pass catching back for Deshaun Watson. And so that part of this is, never, is not changing at all. What right. is changing about this is he's going to see more carries now. Okay. So that can only increase his fantasy value. Um, like I said, I, you temper expectations. If you draft this guy, he's not an RB1. I think he's a mid-level RB2. That might be a little bit generous, just depending on you know where you're at in the draft and, and what you get stuck with or what you draft ahead of that you know, right. before you have to take a guy like Duke Johnson. I mean, I would, I would want two for-sure starters in front of Duke Johnson on my team if I was going to have him on my team. Right, if I had a chance to take two He's a flex starters. option or a bi-week replacement for me. I'm, I'm not figuring him into my lineup week to week. And if I am, I'm probably in trouble. Right. I agree. I agree. That's something that I wouldn't do either. I've never been a big Duke Johnson guy. When he was in Cleveland, it was a crowded backfield. Now this open. And I get what you're saying in terms of him. if you, you have him as your starter, you're in trouble. I just personally wouldn't also look at Duke Johnson myself. I actually... Like um, the Mara Crockett, I know he's a rookie. He's out of Mizzou. I saw him. I was watching the game when Lamar Miller tore his ACL. And though Demara came in later, I liked what he did. Crockett was looking really good. Everything I'm reading says he's going to make the team. I think he's going to end up having a big impact. I think he's going to have an opportunity. Though Lamar Miller's injury was terrible, he's going to have an opportunity to make something happen. That's what I think from what I saw. So for like a stash, especially in the in a dynasty format, which is what we talk about, I would pick him up to stash him. I like him better than Buddy. I like him better better than Ron. I that's what I would go with. I'm not gonna disagree. You could have said any of those and I'm not gonna disagree with you. I'd have probably disagreed on Ferguson just because he's the older of the backs. Mm-hmm. He's been around the league a little longer, but Buddy Howell's but you know, is a young guy. Higdon's a young guy. Crockett's a young guy. I think cut day will tell us everything. They're right. not keeping all these guys on can't, this roster. Can't. Right. And so, you know, at least one of those names that we mentioned is probably going to be cut. Right. You know, it's possible. They could all three make the team. Um, I don't know if that's likely at this point, but I think you got to wait and kind of see on that situation. Houston could hit the free agency market and decide they want to bring in, you know, some kind of a veteran to be behind Duke Johnson in case he gets hurt. And so they have somewhat of a backup plan but besides three young guys. I think that's something that's very, you know, very likely at this point. Should I try to stash Jay Ajayi? Jay Ajayi just came back from an ACL injury. He was in Miami. Then he was over in Philadelphia. He looked good in Philadelphia till his ACL injury. Since then, he's been out. He's been medically cleared. Should I pick him up to stash him just in case? Because like you said, there's. Houston's going to be looking somewhere, maybe. I'm personally not stashing JHI at this point. Um, I, I think to tie up a roster spot on speculation, he could end up going to Houston, and let's just say that he did sign with the Texans. Am I now moving him ahead of Duke Johnson? I don't think that just happens because they sign him. Um, it might be more of a split situation if Ajayi comes in, but you know this guy's coming off an ACL tear too, and he hasn't always proven to be the most healthiest of guys, and so. I just don't know how much he moves the needle at this point. Um, from what I've seen on preseason, I like Buddy Howell as much as any of them. Um, that's just total speculation. He could end up getting cut. Um, but from just watching on tape, and I know it's hard or hard when you're watching these games and they're playing second and third string and sometimes you know guys that are going to be cut on defense, but you also can see where if a guy can make a guy miss, if he sees the hole, if he, you know, if he's – going with the play and making the right cuts. Um, he's been somewhat impressive. It, it'll be interesting to see how they see this situation because I really look at Houston as a team that's going to sign somebody at this point. I think after cuts, I think that there's going to be some names available, people that didn't make 53-man rosters or practice squads. Um, and I think Houston brings in at least one person. So it's I think a if hard Houston backfield to speculate. In, well, I think if they bring someone in, 
I think Duke Johnson's value goes down. Because <clears throat> if they bring in a veteran, they're going to be bringing them in, expecting them to soon be able to be the lead guy, in my opinion. And then Duke Johnson will fill back into that pass catcher role. I don't know if Duke Johnson becomes. Well, I don't think that Houston's not going to be in a situation all year where I think that Bill O'Brien's going to be comfortable saying you're the lead guy. Okay. I think even if Duke Johnson kind of assumes that role, um, I don't think Bill O'Brien's looking at Duke Johnson to be a bell cow. I mean, I, I, you're looking at a committee situation. No matter and what so you say. I look at this whole uh, Houston running back situation as a, in, in, in its entirety, and I say this is only a bi-week replacement or an injury option to me. I'm not looking at their running back situation and investing in anything in it. I think that the Houston Texans are a team that, in the 2020 draft, they're a team that's going to draft a running back next year. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. They're too good everywhere else. I think you look at them next year, some of the guys that will be available, that's a situation where you could see a team use a first-round pick on a running back next year. That makes sense. That makes sense. So with that being said, I want to transition a little bit, and I want us to talk about with week three being done in the preseason, I want to see who, who you or think. Or the preseason being done, basically. Essentially. Right. Week four is not really much is going to go, go on. Let's talk about our three biggest winners and losers from this preseason that just basically ended, as we just said. Let's go with our winners of the preseason first. Winners of the preseason. From three to one. Three to one. Number three, I think you have to say Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that was a backup quarterback for Andrew Luck and is now the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And nobody saw that coming. So, I mean, barring injury. Um, but it's it's not like he's filling in for Andrew Luck. He's replaced Andrew Luck for now. It is his job. He is the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, that's why I put him number three. I think that he's, you know, like I said, jumping into the starting role, and he's a fantasy factor now. Everybody in the world knows who he is now. Um, he's a winner. He's definitely a winner of the preseason. Yeah, like I said, when he was filling in for Tom Brady, like I said earlier, he looked okay. This whole preseason, he's looked fine because he's taken most of the reps. He's going to be the only starter that played most of the games in the preseason and then have to play in the regular season due to the nature of this. Don't expect him to play it too much in week four because he's got to get ready for week one. But when he's been out there, he's looked good. He's looked good with the backups. He looked good with the number one offense out there. Jacoby Brissett, I think, is the number three winner of the preseason. I agree. And it, it's interesting because, as you said, this is not a position he expected to be in. I personally would look to pick him up myself if I need a quarterback because with a lot of guys that are still out there like Andy Dalton like Ryan Fitzpatrick I think Jacoby's going to be in a better situation because even though we talked about earlier not knowing how his relationship is going to be with these guys these guys are going to be out there on the field with them he's going to have Devin Funches out there he's going to have T.Y. Hilton he's going to have Marlon Mack Paris Campbell Paris Campbell Naeem Hines he's going to have um, Eric Ebron Jack Doyle. Jack these, Doyle, your boy. These guys are going to be out there with him. Right. So he's going to have to get them the ball anyway. Well, and I think the thing, too, is, Kevin, is that they have trust in him. I think he's earned that from them. I, I think that it's not as much of a shock factor because they've seen Jacoby in the huddle. They've seen him in practice. These guys know what he is, and I don't think it's as much of a shock factor for him to step in and, and be the number one guy. And one thing about Jacoby Brissett, listen, this guy is not holding on to this position so that the Colts can be the worst team in the league this year right. and the Colts can draft number one next year. They're not looking to tank. Jacoby Brissett can be the quarterback of the Colts this year, and he can be the quarterback of the Colts for years to come. I, I don't think they would have ever made that trade with the Patriots if they didn't think that about him. Um, and so just for people to think that this is a one-year rental and the Colts are going to go draft somebody, I hold hold the phones because – I guarantee you Jacoby Brissett doesn't think that's going to be the case. And he's young enough with, with a good enough arm and talented enough. Um, he can definitely keep this job. If you, have, if you have him available in your dynasty leagues, I wouldn't be opposed to picking him up and stashing him. I'm thinking about picking him up right now. Because even though I have Carson Wentz, I did have Andrew Luck. But I might pick him up just so that way when he continues to 
he's I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that he is Andrew Luck. I'm not gonna sit here and say that. But the, all those weapons around him that they had gotten for Andrew Luck, those toys, if you will, he'll be able to use them and he may be able to make something out of those people. I think. I was the guy that picked up Aaron Rodgers the first moment that Brett Favre said he was gonna retire. Um, or excuse me, traded for Aaron Rodgers, a guy actually pretty much gave him to me. We won't, we won't call out any names at this point. It hasn't worked out well for him. Um, I've had Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Nobody believed Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers until they saw it, until they saw it week in and week out, and then they all just kind of – people all at once were just like, wow, this guy's really good. I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he's going to take a different mind frame into this knowing that it's his job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's been in the league long enough with enough good people. I know I keep saying that, but I, that means something. You can't be around Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, you know, and then come over to the Colts with Andrew Luck. He's had great coaching. And so uh, there's no reason to believe that there's nothing, that's, nothing about this kid that says he can't be a starting quarterback in the NFL and a pretty good one. True. Number, number two on your list, though. You have Damian Willis. Damian Willis. Who's that? He's a wide receiver for the Bengals. Nice. I don't love How him. How did we come up with this guy? You tell me. Well, all right. I'll tell you. Um, listen, everybody knows that A.J. Green is going to miss some time. And so um, we, we know Tyler Boyd's there. They have Tyler Eifert, um, John Ross. But the guy that's come out of nowhere, the undrafted guy out of Troy, Damian Willis, um, has kind of lit up the preseason for them. You know, he's a, he's a well, he's a good sized guy, 6'3, 195. He's fast. Um, he's come out of nowhere, and they've already told this kid that he's going to make the 53 man roster. Um, he's going to start opposite toward, or excuse me, opposite of Tyler Boyd week one. He's going to play the AJ Green role um, until AJ Green gets back. Why is that such a win for him? I mean, he's an undrafted free agent, and he's going to start week one in the NFL. <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody that went from has made a bigger jump in the preseason than a kid like this. Um, I'm sure on draft day when he didn't get drafted, he, I'm sure he wasn't thinking he was going to start week one for somebody. Um, so give the kid his props. He's worked hard. He's proven that he can run routes, get open, catches the football. Um, and, and, and the reason I kind of put him up here is because I don't think it's somebody that's just a fill-in for A.J. Green. I think this is somebody that when A.J. Green comes back, listen, I'm going to give you a minute to tell me one good thing about John Ross has done in his NFL career. Go. All right, there you go. That was the time. There we go, and John Ross. So John Ross has done nothing, and we're not beating up on John Ross, but prove something. I mean, the kid's got world-class speed and has done nothing in the NFL but get injured. And so to say that Damian, William, or Damian Willis can't take this job from John Ross, I think is is we're not going to say that. He absolutely can, and I think he – in some lights in Cincinnati, I think he already has. And I think if he shows well with Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green comes back healthy and now all of a sudden you've got Damian Willis, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, Joe Mixon, um, you can do some things, you know. And so they need weapons. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd's been a nice pickup. He had a great year last year. People that picked him up, you know, they reaped the benefits of picking him up last year and being ahead of the curve on that. Um, Damian Willis is a guy that one thing I've learned about fantasy football, and especially with these young guys, um, in order to score points, you must be on the field. It helps. It's really hard to score fantasy points from the sideline. So he's going to get the opportunities until AJ Green comes back. If he makes good on that, like he's done all preseason, um, he can easily be the number three guy, run the slot. Um, I just think that he's, there's a lot of upside here with a guy like him. And, and he's a guy that you're, you know, you could get him maybe in the last round of your draft. Maybe he doesn't get undrafted. Maybe he's sitting on your waiver wire right now. He was undrafted you know? in your waiver and wire so just like uh, go get him. Life. Here's my only thing now. Here's my thing. Damian Willis is a weapon just like Joe Mixon, just like A.J. Green, just like Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert. There's a lot of weapons there, but there's no trigger. Andy Dalton is the quarterback, and that's my biggest concern with taking anyone that is wearing those orange stripes. That's my biggest concern. It used to be also Marvin Lewis, but Marvin Lewis is gone. So now it's just Andy Dalton. I don't know what Andy Dalton's going to do with this new first-year coach. I don't know how he's going to be able to target these guys. I don't know what Andy Dalton's going to do, but I'm not a big fan of Andy Dalton. 
I mean, is there really a reason to be a big fan of Andy Dalton in his, his red hair. NFL career and fantasy career to this point? I mean, I, and you're, you're with everybody on that note. Um, listen, I didn't put Damian Willis on there because I think you should run out and pick up Andy Dalton as your quarterback for fantasy. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's got to throw it to somebody, right? And somebody's got to have an opportunity to catch it. And if you're on the field and they're throwing you the ball, you have a chance to score fantasy points. And and he's a he, like I said, he's a talented guy. I mean, to work yourself as an undrafted free agent to be starting week one, it's a lot like Philip Lindsay did last year. Yeah. I mean, the guy doesn't even get invited to the combine, and he's the starting running back week one for the Denver Broncos. I mean, listen, part of this is that um, it's a it's a good story too. I mean, the topic is that who's jumped the highest in the preseason. I mean, a guy that was undrafted to be a, a for sure starting wide receiver week one in the NFL, I think, is a pretty good pretty good jump. You're right. If he's a, so okay, so if he's available, I mean, the kid's six four. He runs like a four four. Yeah, I mean, he's 40. an athletic kid. He's fast. He's tall. Listen, Tyler Boyd. Nobody knew who Tyler Boyd was True. until he started playing and catching passes. It's True. kind of the same thing. Everybody starts from somewhere if you're not a first or second round pick. I mean, outside of that, these things don't get gifted to you. You go and earn them, and he's clearly earned that. So he showed them enough that they're comfortable making him a starter week one. And so we got to see what we got to keep watching and see what that is. He has looked good in the preseason. He has worked his way into the starting lineup. I, he's going to be the guy, but I just personally am going to be a little, have a little trepidation about doing it because of Andy Dalton. Well, and, and listen, he might just because he's starting week one in the NFL might not mean that you go plug him into your starting fantasy lineup week one, but um, it's something to keep an eye on. Like I said, all these guys come from somewhere. And so being ahead of the curve You're on right. guys like this, this is, you know. So a stash you, is not a terrible Sure, idea. absolutely. He's a young guy. He's talented. And if he's getting a chance to play, you, you always want to stash a guy like that. Who do you have number one, though? Number one winner of the preseason. <sighs> Honestly, I, I don't I don't I'm, I can't even – I don't think you can argue it. Daniel Jones, yes. the quarterback of the New York Giants. I mean – Listen, he almost got the Donovan McNabb boo on draft night. Yeah. I mean, they they weren't happy. You know, you trade Odell Beckham and, you know, you take a guy that I think a lot of people thought you could have got at 17. And so you go into that New York crowd, New York media with that kind of pressure. Um, wow. How good has Daniel Jones been in the preseason? I mean, what is he? He's only had like four or five incompletions. Um he certainly put the heat on Eli Manning, and he's certainly taken a lot of the heat off Pat Shermer and the whole New York Giant front office because he's looked tremendous so far. Um, I think there's a lot of people that think that week one he should be the starting quarterback. I mean, based off what we've seen in the preseason, um, it's hard to argue that. And not to mention the fact that um, I don't can, – can anybody name a New York Giants wide receiver right now? You know, Sterling I mean, Shepard I mean, is a he's guy. He's about to be back healthy enough to catch some passes. So he's a guy. It's not there. like Daniel Jones has been lighting it up with you know the first string <laughs> wide receivers, which right now, right now for the Giants, isn't saying much. But um, no, he's looked impressive. He's looked great. Uh, good command of the offense. He's taken him down the field. He puts the ball in the end zone. He hasn't turned it over. Um, listen, with the amount of pressure that this kid had coming out after the draft. Um, you can't you can't look at Daniel Jones and not just say that he, he's got to be the winner of the preseason so far. With all that pressure, I think he's lived up to it. He's exceeded expectations at this point. I think I don't I don't even think the people that like Daniel Jones going into the preseason thought he would play this good. Right now, it's totally unrealistic to think that he can keep this up for a whole season with what how he's played so far. But as far as being able to come out and shut people up which is exactly what he's done. Kudos to him. With all that pressure, he has he has played his ass off in the preseason and looked good doing it. So Well he went numbers he went number six to the Giants out of Duke. It was a shocker then and the apparently they, they were right. Apparently they knew what they were talking about. You're right. He has not thrown any I don't think he's thrown any picks in this preseason. He's played a lot. Like you said, a lot of people are calling for him to be starting I think that by the end of the year, he will have replaced Eli in the lineup as the quarterback. 
because I don't think the Giants are going to be very good. Eli Manning is on a week-to-week contract. Yes. I don't That's think... exactly what he's on right now. He, he, he's like Denzel Washington, and remember the Titans when they say, lose one game, we're going to replace you, coach. Yep. I mean, that's kind of where Eli Manning is at right now. I mean, he has to play good enough for them not to start Daniel Jones every single week. Can he do it for a whole season? I'm with you. I don't think he makes it that far. I think even if he plays good and they lose a, quite a few games early on, if they're 2-8, and eight, or excuse me, 2-6 and six after eight weeks, um, there's no reason to play Eli Manning Right, anymore. Eli's going to have a swan song, and then we're going to bring in Daniel Jones, and then they're going to see how he looks, and he is their quarterback, not just of the future. He might be their quarterback of now, very soon. Very, very soon. Very if you, soon. If you could draft Daniel Jones late, do it, in my opinion. If you could pick him up off the waivers, do it, in my opinion. Absolutely. If you're, if you're somebody that got uh, your first quarterback that you feel really good about, and you feel like, you know, I didn't quite get a, a good second quarterback. Absolutely. You know, look at Daniel Jones. Um, you're only going to play the guy that you draft. You're only not going to play the guy you drafted first unless there's an injury or a bye week. And so I played a, a lot of years um, with just Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback because no matter who I have behind Aaron Rodgers, he only plays if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or is on a bye. And so I gambled a little bit. If you're somebody like that that's got a solid number one but didn't really get a number two you like, stash a guy like Daniel Jones and see by midseason if you have a solid R or a solid QB2. If you have a Tom Brady, if you have a Drew Brees, if you have an Aaron Rodgers, if you have a Ryan Fitzpatrick, unfortunately, if you have a Matt Ryan, if you have a Matt Stafford, if you have a guy that's a little long in the tooth, look to pick up Daniel Jones. Look to trade for Daniel Jones. If you have a young quarterback like Carson Wentz, look to draft Daniel Jones and then trade him to a guy who has one of those right, other guys right. named because Daniel Jones is going to be a guy for a very, very long time because based on how he's looked in this preseason, that's why I agree with you. I think he won the preseason. Daniel Jones, I'm very happy that Daniel Jones had looked so good. I took a flyer on him myself, and I like what he's going to be able to do. I agree. Those were the those were the winners, though, right? That's right. That's 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 what's fun to talk about, right? Who are some of the losers Losing. of this preseason? Losing. Mm. Who who it's do no you have fun. at number three? Uh, third biggest loser of the preseason. Uh, in kill Harry to me. Um, yeah, Nikhil. Nikhil's not gonna look. Nikhil yeah. Harry. He listen. He had so much hype. First round pick. Uh, coming out of Arizona State, big kid, fast kid, athletic kid, goes to the Patriots, um, which has been known to be tough on rookies. It's hard to come in and learn their system in your first year in the league. Um, but he came in with a lot of hype. I think a lot of people thought, oh, finally a legitimate weapon for Tom. I mean, a legitimate outside weapon for Tom Brady. Josh Gordon played last year. I don't think Josh Gordon necessarily lit it up. Um, he didn't remind me of the Josh Gordon I saw in his heyday in Cleveland. Um, obviously Gronk has retired now. Edelman's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. They're New England's desperate for weapons, and I think that's why people looked at at Nikhil Harry and thought, "Hey, he's going to New England. If this kid picks up the offense right away, he could definitely be a week one somebody you can put in your lineup type of guy." That hasn't happened. No, we have not gotten there yet. Um, Nikhil Harry's going to be limited with his leg injury, though, but that does not help anything in terms of showing me that I should be able to trust this dude to be one of my guys. Well, and I think it, you're right. And the injuries are one thing, but then if you just read what beat writers and guys like that are writing that are around the team, um, they're basically saying that Jacoby Myers has been more impressive as a rookie in the new England uh, training camp over a uh, Nikhil Harry and, you know, Nikhil Harry's a first round pick. And so, I don't think that what we're hearing is false. He hasn't been on the field that much. He hasn't been impressive when he's been on the field. And so I think for a guy that was a first-round pick and somebody that had expectations of, of potentially being a young guy that you could draft in your dynasty league and and play him and, and get some production, I don't think he's there right now. I don't think he's somebody for the first six weeks of the season that you can trust to put in your lineup at all. I mean – he might get, you know, a few snaps in one game and, and have a long touchdown, but is that somebody that you can put in your lineup and count on for points? I don't think so. And I think he was looked at a guy that was. And so 
I just think somebody that didn't, you know, hasn't quite ran with the ball yet is 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 Nikhil Harry, and so at this point, I'm, you know, he's simply just a stash, and I think that's that, a far drop from what he was. I mean, there were some people in some of the rankings that even I looked at um, that had Nikhil Harry as the number one rookie prospect yeah. coming out in, in in dynasty formats, and so um, even ahead of Josh Jacobs and even ahead of David Montgomery. And he has not lived up to that at all. And I think for somebody that has fallen as far as he is, I think that's what gets him at number three. Well, on top of that, Josh, uh, Josh Gordon's getting reinstated does He's not help pads. him. Josh is in pads. It does not help him at all because he was supposed to come in and be the guy for them. Like you were saying, he was the number one rookie prospect for some people, but his leg injury coupled with Gordon getting back on the field, that doesn't help him at all. Because now they're going to be able to run Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Another Julian guy Edelman. back, Demarius Thomas. I don't know how big a factor he'll be. But, yeah, he's definitely – the situation doesn't look as clear as it did before right. for, for Nikhil Harry. And so, like I said, you know, being a guy that was, was ranked as the number one rookie prospect in a lot of people's leagues uh, in dynasty format, um, he, he's far from that. I mean, we had a draft today and – what do you go, 10th? Yeah. In he, rookies he, only format? In a rookies only draft he went for tenth. a 24 year league. Right. He went 10th. He went 10th. And so I don't think that would have been the case at all. He was not the one, not, he was not the first receiver taken no. in this draft. No. And so I think that's even another shocker. So, no, I think as far as, you know, we talk about the future in dynasty format. And so I think looking at a dynasty perspective and not just looking at an overall perspective, a guy like uh, Nikhil Harry to me, there's not a rookie that fell farther than him, barring injury. True. Another guy that did not help because he wasn't on the field and he hasn't been in the practice is Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, I know this near and dear to your heart. It is. He is a former Steeler. He is. You're a diehard Steeler fan. I am. He has not been able to practice with the Oakland Raiders. He's going to be still a top pick because you're expecting him to produce, but he's within a new offense. He's with a new coach, new quarterback, new everything. So him not being out there on the field is not really helping my value of him in fantasy. Listen, Antonio Brown, it is, it's a sore spot on the field. Minus the drama. He is, if not the best wide receiver in the league, he's certainly on a very short list. Um, I was really hoping, you know, the the, the separation with Pittsburgh, it, it went down how it went down. Um, yep, Antonio Brown's on Sports Center right now. We don't need that. Um, how it went down, I, I really thought he would go into Oakland and, and a fresh start, new contract, Got kind of got what I wanted, go in here and, you know, show them what he's been known for in Pittsburgh for years, which is his incredible worth, or work ethic. Um, it hasn't really played out that way. I think you see it on hard knocks and whatnot. And I think just as far as, you know, I'm in four leagues where I'm seeing Antonio Brown. Uh, the one league that I'm is I'm in is seasonal. Uh, the other ones are dynasty. Uh, and we started a brand new dynasty league. So just seeing where he went in that draft and seeing where he went just even in a seasonal league the other night is so far down. I mean, people are getting Antonio Brown in the third and fourth round. And you, you – I, I just want to sit here and say the upside on him is so big, but he's fallen so far. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, a year and a half ago, you know, he, he's a, he's a first round talent in your draft. I mean, especially in seasonal leagues, um, just seeing how far he's fallen and then just kind of where he's at right now. And even what people are guruing him for, for his season points. Uh, I think he, the, the, he's fallen a long way. You know, and yep. I think that you, like I said, you see a first round talent that's going in the third round in a lot of drafts. It's true. And even though he's going to have nothing but opportunity, I don't like the fact that he hasn't been able to get in some work. It's going to take him some time to round into shape. I'm not going to be trading, trying to trade for him. Before, when he was in Pittsburgh, you try to trade just about anything, try to get that dude on your team. He's not someone I'm looking for. I'm not checking for him anymore. At the beginning of this preseason, I thought that before a lot of this went down, I thought that he would be a guy that, man, if he falls at all because people think that Derek Carr can't get him the football, he's somebody I would have looked at. Looking at all this with the with the frostbitten feet, and you see the pictures on Hard Knocks, I mean, the skin is literally peeling off yeah. his feet. It's all going to be brand new skin. He's even mentioned it. 
Um, I think that's why you why you haven't seen as much of Antonio Brown. Plus, with all the you know the other stuff with the helmet and so on, um, I feel like he 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 needs some reps. Reps with Derek Carr and with this offense would would have been good. Um, I can no longer you know I thought he was going to be an upside guy at the beginning of the preseason. I don't anymore. I think if you put him on the field and you get what you hope you can get and hope he doesn't get injured and um. Yeah, I think he's fallen quite a ways. True, true. Okay, so Antonio Brown. Now, number one, the number one guy you have on here. I do. I, I don't love that he's number one. I know. And I don't. think that is not as bad as it <laughs> is for him, but go ahead and tell him who you got number one. I got Melvin Gordon number one. Um, <laughs> nothing against people trying to get their money and secure their future. Um, I've got Ezekiel Elliott in a couple leagues. You know, I'm 10. I'm really hoping he's on the field week one. Um, I don't know if either one of these guys are going to be on the field week one. I almost feel like this might be a moment where they're kind of bonding together to kind of try to reset this market. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both using their leverage, and they both have leverage. And and so I hate to see that we're getting this close to the regular season and these guys really haven't done anything because as a running back, I feel like it's important to get in there and kind of get some bumps a little bit, get your feet moving, get loose. Um, but Melvin Gordon, my goodness, in a league that I helped draft in the other night, uh, Melvin Gordon went in the fifth round and I, it is a seasonal league. It wasn't a, a dynasty league, but he went in the fifth round. As a matter of fact, we drafted him in the fifth round because at that point I just could not believe that he was still on the board. That being said, I think he's going to miss some regular season time. And I don't think it's out of the question that Zeke's going to miss some regular season time. Um, but Melvin Gordon to me, um, I, for some reason, it feels like the chargers are taking a harder stance than the Cowboys are. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't exactly put my finger on what it is. Um, part of it's, it's been less in the media. I think, I feel like even when you have bickering and bitching going back and forth in the media between Jerry Jones and Zico Elliott, in a way that's kind of good. It's like when you get in an argument with your girlfriend, you don't talk for a few days and maybe you start talking again. It's a little bit chirpy back and forth right. till you kind of break the ground and realize that you can just talk it out. Um, I feel like that's kind of what's going on with, with Jerry and Zeke. They're kind of airing a little bit, flexing a little bit of muscles and it'll, we'll hug and we'll hug it out. And then, and you'll, here's your contract and let's go win football games. You don't hear anything about Melvin Gordon. No, nothing other than he's not there. And for some reason, I just don't think that's good. And well, I feel like, I feel like the the Spanos family, Spanos family is 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 holding firm. And I think that that, that Melvin Gordon's holding firm. And there just doesn't seem to be any talk of anybody budging at all here. And it kind of looks like they're okay with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. And we got Hunter Henry back and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and pretty good defense. Um, I don't know. I hope it doesn't play out that way. I think for, for fantasy's sake, I hope Melvin Gordon's on the field. The more the merrier. Get these guys out there that can score points. He's a dynamic player. Got him in the fifth round. I hope he plays week one. Um, I don't but, think Melvin Gordon will be there week one. I don't. I, I don't think either. Melvin Gordon I don't will either. be there by week 10. And when so we drafted way. him in the fifth round the other night, I it was really not of, boy, I hope we got a gold nugget by – getting him this late and, and he'll be on the field week one. No, I just felt like even if he misses three, four, five games or whatnot, if you had him at the back end of the season when playoff time comes and he's your RB three or four at this point, it's pretty hard to pass up. Here's the thing, though. So the reason I don't agree with you in terms of him being the number one loser of the preseason is for this reason alone. Melvin Gordon, I don't think he's going to show up week one. I don't think he's going to be there by week 10. Do you think, think Zeke will be there week one? I think Zeke will be there week one. See, that's where, to me, that's where, that's why he got my number one. It's because I, that's where I see the difference, too. For some reason, I don't see Gordon there. For some reason, I see Zeke there. If you have Melvin Gordon, though, I want to trade you. I want to trade for Melvin Gordon. Because though Melvin Gordon may not be a charger come next year, let me, you know how on, the, on this podcast, we don't talk a lot of stats, right? Right. I got a few stats for you. Just got a few. Kevin's so, got stats. Good last stuff. year, in 12 games. He had 10 rushing touchdowns. The year before, in 16 games, he had eight rushing touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns. The year before that, in 2016, through 13 games, he had 10 rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. He had 12 touchdowns in 13 games. 
Right. This dude gets you a touchdown a game. He's a guy that gets you points. He does. And so since he gets you points, even though he's holding out, I get why he's holding out. I get why he's trying to get his money. That's cool. Right. That has nothing to do with me and fantasy. Right. Right. So even if he's not going to be there week 10, I'm, I want him for the future because right. next year, like we talked about early, early in, this, in the chat today, Houston may be looking for a running back next year. It's possible. Um, other teams may be looking for a running back next year. Who knows where Melvin Gordon's going to be playing? And it might not be Los Angeles either. True, true. And I, and I am a Drew, I'm a Saints fan, as you know. I'm a Saints fan. I'm a Drew Brees guy. I love Drew Brees. But the way that the Chargers did him was something that showed me that the Chargers can't be trusted. I don't care. I don't care about them. I don't love them. I don't like what they're doing, even though they're now, they're now in my hometown of Los Angeles. I don't care about them. So they have proven that they, don't, they will do guys dirty, so they won't pay him, and he will go because they're going to trust Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Yep. And they're going to tell him that they are the guys now. So that's fine. He can move, on, move along. I'm, I want to trade for him. If you got him, I want him. If I can pick him up, I'll take him. If I could draft him in a seasonal league, if I got him, you want him cheap. Hold on, hold on, hold on. In a seasonal league, though, in a seasonal league, I'm probably not taking him. I'm going to try to take him late if I if I can, but I'm not taking him early because I do not believe he'll be there by week ten. But since this is a dynasty focused podcast, I'm telling you, in a dynasty type format, I want that guy. If I can get him, I want him because I'm going to need him in the future because that dude finds the end zone. He does, he, he does get the ball in the end zone, and he can catch the ball and run the ball. I mean, there's so few of them that can be three-down running backs, and he's definitely one of them. Um, you know, I hope he gets back on the field before that. Like I said, uh, I feel like he's fallen a lot this preseason, but at the same time, you know, that can all be changed with the contract and him being on the field week one. And so uh, at this point, him looking like he's going to be sitting games, I mean, listen, if you're not playing, you have zero value. True. And so um, that's kind of what projected him to my top of the list is the fact that I just he's going to miss games. And I, I'm with you in, in, in a dynasty format. Absolutely. I, I'm not giving up on Melvin Gordon by any means. Situations can change overnight. Um, but at the same time, in a, you, I don't think you can count on him week one. I think that he, he's somebody that you might even have to look for that week 10 and beyond and maybe next year type of value. Yeah, that's why I'm looking for him for that. And though his preseason, like you're right, he's not out there. He's out in Florida get training up or whatever. He, he's not going to be a week one or week five starter. He's not going to be there for the first few weeks because I don't think the Chargers are interested in paying him because they've been proven that they don't pay guys. They just, that's just how they do. Right. So since that's the case, then I want him for the future. I agree. I want him for the future. So those are our three guys for the losers. I have one more guy for you, though. This guy's not a winner nor a loser. He's, uh, he's a winner, I guess. He's a winner. He's a winner, I guess. He's a bonus. He's a bonus guy. He's a bonus. Bonus winner, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray yeah. is a bonus winner for the preseason. Yeah, let me tell you why, though. Okay. So th- this dude's drafted number one. He's picked number one. He's, number one overall. Yeah. And he didn't suck. He didn't suck. He didn't suck. I mean, he wasn't great. He didn't light the world on fire all the time, but I think that he passed the eye test where we don't look at him. Listen, he looks small. Yeah. Let's get over that. Kevin looks small. You I know, am small. You are. Um, you still make plays. Still make plays. <laughs> you still make plays. Um, he made plays. He showed that his arm is NFL ready. He's got a big arm. He can make throws. He can throw through windows. Um, not every, not every uh, pass he throws is, is like you playing your nephew in basketball. Right. You know what I mean? Um, no, I think that he's proven that he doesn't look like a bust. And I think when you're the number one overall pick, if you can come out and prove, you know, at least not look like Ryan Leaf. Right? I mean, Ryan Leaf actually looked good in the preseason at times that year. But I don't think anybody's looking at Kyler Murray right now and saying, I'm staying away from him. I wouldn't touch him at all. I mean, I tried to get Kyler Murray in every dynasty league that I, that I was in, you know. Um, I think that he has got the talent. I think that he's got young weapons around him. And I think that Cliff Kingsbury um, is building this offense around Kyler Murray. And I think that he looked up, he looked down, but he made throws and he threw to windows and his arm looked like an NFL arm. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a winner. And I, I think that 
you know, temper your expectations a little bit. I know that before preseason started, you know, people on some of these networks and stuff were projecting him. Oh, he's a top 12 quarterback. You know, he may not be year one, but this is dynasty talk. And if you're starting your franchise with Kyler Murray, um, that's a great start. True. That's a great start. I mean, there's not a, I mean, if you're starting a dynasty league, there's, I, I would argue that there's not maybe five or six guys I would take ahead of him. Yeah. You know, because youth matters, you know. There's a, there's a guy, though, I didn't like. Who? Dwayne Haskins. You didn't like Dwayne, huh? No, did not li- like him. He didn't look great to me. And I felt like that. I feel like that Redskins job is open. I felt well, like not it was anymore open. they named Case Keenum the starter. Correct, which right. is why I didn't, don't <laughs> like Dwayne Haskins. If he couldn't beat Dwayne ha- uh, Case Keenum out, out over there. Listen, if you're the GM of the Redskins, I mean, how do you feel going to the podium in front of the media and announcing Case Keenum as your starting right. quarterback. Right. I mean, you don't, I don't think you're bubbly. I don't think you sit down and go, man, <laughs> buckle up for a minute. We got some breaking news. Like, we are pumped about this guy. No, I don't think that's the case at all. I think that, um, I think it's a combination of he didn't show enough to win the job, and I'm, I don't think they want to rush him. And maybe sending him out there week one when he's not quite ready. Um, what it tells me is that he doesn't grasp, in my opinion, he doesn't grasp the offense yet. Like, they don't feel like he's got enough command of the offense where they want to put him out there. Right. I think where you see guys get put in early is they might, they might not know if, you're, if you can handle the speed quite yet, but they know that you can process the playbook, get the plays out, make the checks, make the reads, and they're comfortable with your knowledge of the playbook. I think where you see the opposite end of it is with Dwayne Haskins right here, which is I think that he's got talent, but I think that the reason that they would put Case Keenum in ahead of him is because they don't feel like he's got a firm grasp of the playbook yet, and Case Keenum does. Case Keenum is a veteran. He's learned playbooks, you know, and so to me that's the difference because there's there's absolutely no question about the arm talent. I mean, Dwayne Haskins can make throws that Case Keenum watches on tape. And they're not by Case Keenum. Um, there's no question who the more talented guy is. True. Dwayne Haskins is a more talented quarterback than Case Keenum will ever be. But clearly they, they want Case out there because I think that they feel like he can run the offense. But is, what stops Dwayne Haskins from being another Redskins quarterback, Robert Griffin III? You know what I'm saying? If I, am, I have a dynasty team, I have to pick up one of these guys. You just talked about pretty much like Porridge. One that was really good, one that was really bad, one that was just right. Kyler Murray was kind of like the good, just right guy, but the really good one was Daniel Jones. Why am I taking Dwayne Haskins if I have options like Daniel Jones for my future? I have options like Kyler Murray for my future. I'm not interested in Dwayne Haskins. He has not looked good at all to me. Even though he, yes, you're right. Kate Keenum may have grasped the offense and he may get it. Dwayne Haskins, he could throw the ball a country mile but he still didn't look like he was able to know what he was doing out there. And that to me is a problem. If I'm taking this dude for my dynasty team and I got to believe that this guy is going to be my future, he's going to be there for a long time. Why, why am I taking him? I'm well, not taking him. I mean, when you say that you watch the preseason, I mean, if you watch the preseason with Dwayne Haskins, did he wow you? No. Okay. But did he disappoint you? A little bit. Okay. Um, I don't, he may not has looked as good as Jones or he may not have looked as good as Murray, but um, the one thing I see with Dwayne Haskins is that he has the talent. He makes, he made some good throws. He was significantly better in the second game than he was in the first game. Okay. Um, Fair. I, 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 I just think it's unrealistic sometimes to think like if you, yes, Daniel Jones was our top mover of the preseason. Look at Daniel Jones's stats. Okay. That is not sustainable. Like, he is not going to do that all the time. The kid played awesome, okay? Dwayne Haskins showed that he was a rookie, and he showed that he went through some ups and downs. But I think that if you look at the progression of the second game as opposed to how he looked in the first game, I think it's almost the exact opposite with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray looked good and then didn't look so good this when they got true. pressure on him when the Raiders started getting Decided after him. play defense. You yeah, know, yeah. yeah. I saw that. And so, I mean, we're not writing off Kyler Murray. And so, listen, when you have the talent of Dwayne Haskins, we're not going to write you off because you didn't look like a world beater in two preseason games. 
Everybody knows that he's the more talented guy over Case Keenum. I don't think there's any no, questioning question. that. That's not a question. Um, I don't look at what I don't look at Dwayne Haskins and say, "Oh, that guy's a bust." No, I look at Dwayne Haskins and say, "That guy looked like a rookie." That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Does it mean you can plug him in your lineup week one? No, I don't think that Kyler Murray's the only guy that we're talking about here. You can plug in your lineup week one, but I think if you're looking at a dynasty format and going toward the future, um. I wouldn't be upset having any of these guys. I mean, I don't think that you're you're starting any of them this year, but like we talked about before, having them as your QB2, I'm not upset with any of these guys. I look at Kyler Murray as, as, as the most talented guy in the group. For some reason, I look at Daniel Jones and I see Eli Manning. I know there's the Duke connections and the David Cutcliffe, but Daniel Jones to me looks like a young Eli Manning. I, I don't know why. I don't think his arms overly... I don't think he's, uh, yeah, I just, he's kind of that guy that just, you know, Eli used to get it done and not look all that great. I mean, nobody said Eli Manning was a great quarterback until he won two Super Bowls and they happened to beat the Patriots twice. Uh, I don't know. Something about Daniel Jones just feels that way to me. I don't think that he's ever an elite level quarterback where I look at Kyler Murray and I say, there's enough arm talent there and enough mobility to make plays to where I think that's kind of the way the game's going with more RPOs and less pocket present. Uh-huh. I'm leery of the pocket present guy. Like I heard an interview the other day uh, with John Elway, and he was talking about what he looks for in a quarterback. And he mentioned that the game was won from the pocket. That's how he views quarterbacks. Like you win from the pocket. Guys can get outside the pocket and make plays, but if you try to make a living outside the pocket, it's no good. It's your career. I think that that's the old mentality of football. I think the new mentality of football is – RPOs. Getting out there. RPOs. Options. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, you didn't talk me into it. I still don't want Dwayne Haskins. You could have him. That's fine. Give me Daniel Jones. That's you take fine. Dwayne Haskins. Listen, I know you want to feel really good about your pick. And so I get it. <laughs> I get it. You know, listen, <laughs> great report cards will be out this week. Don't you worry. I've, is, I've graded your draft. So nothing to do maybe with one of these podcasts, draft. we'll talk about that. To do with talk about how great we did about, in an auction dynasty draft. I'm just talking about how these guys look. I'm just talking about how they look. And I, I watched them. I thought it was important, especially for us to be talking about it, that I wanted to know what they looked like. And Haskins, He's just, he let me down. I expected more from him. He let me down. Well, you know, listen, as good as you are at drafting fantasy teams, you're probably not in a position where you get stuck with a Dwayne Haskins anyway. You've already got two solid quarterbacks this by then. True. So Yeah, this is, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be looking to pick him up. But, like, I did take a flyer on, on Daniel Jones. Like, that was what I was looking to do because of what I had seen in, in the preseason. Now, mind you, if I had drafted, if I had drafted right after the draft, I probably would have taken the flyer on the way in Haskins when he did at college versus Daniel Jones, right. who I had never seen before, right. nor heard of before nor the draft. Of. And then, but I, so I would have taken Duke. the flyer. Yeah. I'm not watching a lot of Duke beyond basketball. Zion Williamson, you know, boom. But other than that. Shout I'm out not, to your boy. Yeah. I'm not really <laughs> watching anything Duke related other than that. Who is? Right. So I didn't really see too much Duke football, obviously, but. This dude is really just impressed me. He's like really just shown out. So then him versus looking at Dwayne Haskins, I'm just like, they're night and day. They're night and day. Yeah. Well, listen, only the future will tell. True. Only the future will tell. And that's, you know, we try to see into the future for you on uh, when it comes to dynasty fantasy football. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's young guys now and we look at both these guys and there'll be young guys in next year's draft and, you know, uh, the amount of teams that really need a young quarterback, the list is shrinking. It used to be there was three or four teams every year in the draft right. that now really needed a quarterback. a lot of young quarterbacks There's out there. a lot of young quarterbacks out there right now. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we'll get to a point where if that's the case, then you got to be even better to hold on to your job. And so um, we'll see what these guys are going forward. And it's, you know, it's all speculation right now. But um, like I said, I, I Starting off with these guys, if if you get any of these guys as your QB2, I don't think you're doing terrible. True, true. All right. With that, though, I think it's time for us to wrap up. Wrap it up. I think we had to go. Lastly, I want to make sure I give a shout-out. Both of us Hold got on, a guy. Are we, are we cheers into your boy? Let's cheers. Let's, Let's cheers crack your one boy. and cheers one to our boy. Should we tell him that we've been drinking beer the whole podcast? Of course. Oh, so I want to cheers to my guy, Josh Rosen. All right, all right. Josh, though he's not going to be the starter down there in Miami, 
I think that you should get a shot, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. You're my guy. He should. I he should probably you. have three or four shots. That guy. Seriously. <laughs> he, the dude's super smart as a whip. I think that we'll see what happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're going to get a chance because Fitzpatrick has the magic at the beginning. Should we set aside some time for your boy, Josh Rosen, sometime? Just, we should. And listen, if he or ever just wants shout to come outs. On, Is he just shout out only? If he ever wants to come on the pod, we'll love to talk to him. We would talk but to Josh right Rosen. But right now, we're just going to talk about the fact that Josh Rosen deserves a shot. Jay, who's your guy that deserves a shot? You know what? I'm going to give uh, – I decided that every week I'm going to give a shout-out to my Indiana Hoosier football players, which, I mean, you never hear that. But uh, Simi Cobb Jr., cheers to you. Yeah. I mean, listen, this guy is a two-year uh, camp body for the New Orleans Saints, and I'm going to give a shout-out to my boy Simi Cobb. He deserves Actually, a shot, too. He started in Washington, if I'm not mistaken. So he deserves a shot with the Saints, with my listen, New Orleans Listen, get Saints. him in there. He's 6'4", 220. I mean – he deserves a shot. The pride of Indiana. Who's your football? Simi Cobb Jr. Give him a chance, Saints. Give Simi a chance, man. New Orleans, give him a, a chance. And give with that, shout. guys, we would like to say goodbye. Cheers. This was fun. Cheers. We'll see you guys next week. We'll talk about some other stuff. I'm not really sure because it's going to be week four. We're going to really get into week one. We're going to start talking about week one. We'll come up with something good. And guys that we expect. Week. It's been a pleasure, Jay. I'll see you next week, brother. All right, man. Bye. Thank you.